All right, good morning, everybody. Let's turn this morning to Mark 10, verse 17 to 31. Mark 10, verse 17 to 31. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it, uh, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can, can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Um, Dear Lord God, Father, we just thank you uh, for your word and your message this morning, Lord. Uh, Just, Father, I just pray over all those who have come in early this morning to seek you and to hear you, Lord. Uh, Father, would you speak to us uh, just so clearly, Lord, intimately in this time, Father, as we just give this morning to you, uh, we just ask the Spirit to help us to remove our thoughts and our distractions and our agendas for the day, Lord, and that we could just give you all of our heart at this time. So, Father, we just bless you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I know this, this passage is like as you guys prepare to go to work and stuff, right? But it's not. It's, I, I felt like the Lord was pressing on my heart. Uh, maybe a slightly different take or, you know, you guys will, will process this on your own as you reflect. But the word that kind of has been coming up to me over the past couple of weeks is letting go. Needing to let go in order to release. You know, PSAM has given this image uh, quite a few times of this exponential um, kind of um, theme. And his vision last year was kind of like stretch and he had this image of a slingshot being pulled back. And I feel like God is saying in order to have that, you know, that rock shoot out, you got to let go of the slingshot. But somehow we're like strained to be holding and pulling and we're trying to pull it even more. And God's like, no, no, it's time. It's time to let go. It's time to release. It's time for you, uh, for you to release that so then I can kind of show you and take you somewhere further. And this passage came to me um, and I was, I was kind of reflecting on it and I thought, oh, okay. God, what do, what do you have? What are you trying to tell us here? Because if we take this passage too direct, uh, we may, you know, kind of veer off a bit. So just keep an open mind. The word is letting go, right? The word is release for this morning. 
And we'll go through some of the verses here. So verse 17, as Jesus started on his way, a man came up to him and said, good teacher. He asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? A couple of things here. Um, he says, what must I do? Right? What, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And a lot of the times in our day-to-day, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of doing. <laughs> it's a lot of doing. We're doing things. And in this case, it's a very kind of legalistic approach of approaching God and approaching eternity where he asks, well, what do I have to do? Because if you tell me what to do, I'll just do it and then I'll make it there, right? And so the, you know, the point that we need to sort of reflect on this morning and really day to day is, are we like doing our walk with Christ? Are we like living and walking alongside him? Are we just doing things in his name? Are we doing things that, are the Christian thing to do? Or are we like holding God's hand and walking with him? Every day we take another step closer to heaven, to eternal life with the Lord. And so where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself at times also asking God, well, what is it that I need to do? What's interesting in the next verse, Jesus responds, why do you call me good? You see, when the man is saying good teacher in, in that, that first verse, it's like to call him good teacher, then to, to ask the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He doesn't understand the goodness of God, the goodness of Jesus to even call him good. And so when Jesus says, well, why do you call me good? Right? It's to also give him that perspective of, because the goodness I'm about to share with you, you can't even really handle or the goodness that I'm going to share with you, you don't really live that, believe that, or hold that close to your heart. So he continues, no one is good except God alone. Then he says, you know, you know the commandments, and he reads them out. Man says, oh, I've kept all of these since I was a boy. I've done all these things. See, what's important, again, in the next verse, it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Right, of course we know that all of us are sinful. But in this particular dialogue, actually, the way the, the man is speaking, he's speaking in, in a lot of sort of, he's being like a bit you know, conceited and pompous. Like, oh, I've done all that. I've been sinless my whole life. I've done all these things. I've followed everything you've said to me. And I can imagine Jesus looking at him and kind of smirking because it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. He didn't say he rebuked him or condemned him. He could have been like, these are all the sins you've done. What do you mean you haven't sinned since you were a kid? You know, what do you mean you've held all these truths? No, you haven't. But he doesn't do that. He actually diverts him to look deeper into his heart. And he says, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. It's an invitation, but it's also sort of a, an address. It's to stop the man in his tracks to have to reflect and this is what we need to do on a day-to-day too. We have to check our hearts to know we may be thinking we're walking and following Christ and that we're really in tune and in line with his, you know, with the spirit and what his paths are and promises are for us. But we may be doing things within our own understanding or we may be self-righteous at times and we all go through that, right? Right? At least I, you know, I might be a sinner, but like, I mean, look at, look at this person. Wow, like they're, they're really struggling. I'm not struggling that bad. And so we judge and compare and, 
we start to look at ourselves and think like, well, as long as I'm doing certain things, I'm doing certain things, I'm coming to EMP, I'm reading my Bible every day, then, then everything else, all my other sins should be covered. I should be fine. See, Jesus here knows that it's not about him pointing out his sin that is going to be impactful. So he knows that for this particular man, you know, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. You know, he knows that that's going to be really, really hard. But it's something that he knows that this, this man particularly is going to have to let go of. If he doesn't let go, it's going to be difficult for him to, to hear God, follow God, to know where God is taking him. And so I don't really think today's message from the Lord is particularly about, you know, wealth and, and possessions per se in this, in this context. Or it could be, you know, you have to kind of think about that yourself. But I really think what God is talking about are just the things that hold us back. The things that hold us back, the things we're holding on to that hold us back to seeking after God deeper, to being more connected with Him, right? And so when we walk the path or walk the journey with the Lord with a lot of bags and a lot of baggage and a lot of burden, it's really difficult. But God's telling us today, this morning, it's like, I never asked you to bring that backpack. And you should have left that suitcase home at home long time ago. But you've somehow in your own mind or your own process or your own value system have said, no, 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 these are the things that I, I have to keep. I have all these different reasons. And we, we probably have good reasons, right? I need to do it for my family. I need to do it for my future. I need to do it for my health. Whatever it is that we hold on to, these different things, they limit God when we do that. When we carry so much on our own and we have these different kind of, you know, it could be physical, material possessions. It could also be uh, possessions or it could be like things kind of in our minds, right? That mental capacity that gets fully taken up by the things that we are preoccupied with. And so there's no space for God. You know, one, one thing that's interesting in this um, response by Jesus is he says, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Now, he doesn't say, like, sacrifice all these things for me. Now, Jesus doesn't want it. Jesus is not asking for the possessions or he's not asking for it himself. He's actually saying, well, why don't you distribute it to the poor? And so that also got me wondering and thinking as I was sort of, downloading the messages, I wonder if there's things we hold on to that actually would bless others or bless the kingdom exponentially if we were to let it go. Could be our time, could be our money, could be just our resources, our knowledge, our, you know, all these things. We hold it to our, we hold it on to them to ourselves. We benefit from them. But I wonder if there's this release and this distribution and this spreading of the things God has blessed us with. What are we holding on to? Holding on holds us back from God, but holding on also, you know, stops us from blessing those around us. And that was actually Jesus' command here. He could have easily said, take all those things, build a fire, sacrifice it to me, right? Burn those things and never, and never think about them again. He didn't say that. So... Here, what, you know, if you read in between the lines, when Jesus says go and sell and distribute to the poor, he's actually saying the things that you're holding on to are not invaluable. They're not worthless. 
they just become a burden when you're not supposed to have them anymore. They just become a burden when they take priority over me, right? Me being God, not me, right? When they take priority over everything in your life, that's when it starts to have a negative effect. And so it's not that, you know, God is saying these things are worthless. They're not. They're actually meaningful. They're actually good. But how they're used and how we uh, are attached to them is where it's an it's a issue of the heart. That's where we have to come to God today, this morning, and say, man, are there things, Lord? Maybe you know of, of some already that you, you battle with, and you can ask the Lord the same thing. Help to release. Help to let go. Not necessarily what do I have to do in order to make it to the end, but help me in this moment to let go. At, yeah, verse 22 reads, At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And so it was hard for him. And so same thing with us. Often it's the things that God wants us to let go that we don't address. We let go of all the things that are easy. Right? Like, oh, I can, I can give up. I can give up watching this. Or like, you know, if, if, get, if, you're, if you're an early bird kind of person, you can say, well, you know, I'll wake up early and pray. But that takes no sacrifice. That's not something that, that's really, you know, a challenge for you. We all have things in our life that we're holding on to that we give way too much priority than we should, that we would also fall to our face if God said right now, take that, throw it away, never look at it again. But remember the response of Jesus. Jesus looked at him and loved him. You have to receive that for yourself too. Jesus looks at you and loves you. So even when he's asking you to let things go, even when he's saying, hey, like the, the, the last line of that response says, you know, after you do that, you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. It's an invitation this morning. It's not a rebuke. And we can find comfort in that, knowing that whatever it is that we're asked to give up, you know, God's promise here, although don't think about it so transactionally, but if we take more of an eternal perspective, the treasures we're building in heaven that God promises, then as he invites us to follow him, so that we can actually come alongside or right behind him as he leads us to make it to the gates, you know? That's the promise, that's the hope, that's the, the, the leap of faith we have to take at times. And so Jesus continues, he looks to his disciples, he says, how hard it, it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's difficult to follow God. It's difficult to even have our mind and our hearts pointed towards the kingdom when we carry so much of our own baggage, when we create our own purposes, when we are making all of our own kind of, you know, maps and paths and directions, right? And so God is, is, is challenging us and saying it's difficult. I mean, in this context, of course, you probably hear many sermons about how it really is about wealth. And again, I said, pray about that, I don't know. But to me, I, I really felt that the, the Lord was telling us this morning, you guys are actually following the path in a much more difficult manner. 
and you cry out to me often saying, Lord, would you set me free or would you relieve the pain or like, God, can it just be a bit easier? And I think in, in, in all of our humility, we can receive that message today that God is saying, it's actually you that make it harder. You think it's always a challenge for me? You think it's always me testing you and taking you through trials? Remember, Jesus looks at you and loves you. Our journey is not just one big challenge and God up there saying, ha, look at, I wonder if they're going to fall for that challenge. Oh, look at that, Matt fell for it again. What a sucker, right? That, that's not, his, that's not his, his MO. That's not how he's viewing this. And so for us, we, we, we need to reflect. We can't just keep doing, you know. Before you start that next devotional, before you start reading that, that you know, next chapter of the Bible, ask the Lord to speak to you. Hey, God, before I do this, I don't want to do this just for the sake of doing it and checking off my box, my Christian to-do list. God, would you speak truth to me before I, I read your word? And if you're not in a position to do that, if you only have like five minutes and the only thing on your mind is your next meeting, then honor God and don't, you know, read his word in vain. Find the time and the space to do it properly. Because there's no point of reading scripture and trying to follow God if we're not willing to receive his truth. You see, the man in the scripture, when he bows down, he wasn't ready or willing to receive the good news that, that Jesus had for him, right? Give up your things that don't really do you any good, that you're preoccupied with, that you hold your identity and value in. Give those things up. Not only will I you know, replace those by giving you treasures in heaven, but you'll also, through that sacrifice, through that letting go, you'll bless many around you. And then when I ask you to follow me, you won't be tired. You won't be burdened. You won't have all this extra baggage. You'll be prepared. You'll be ready. Right? Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Jesus responded. Truly, I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much. I think verse 31 is also the last verse here, and I'll, I'll finish with this and share just a little bit. But verse 31 reads, but many who are first will be last and the last first. You know, I, I always, when I, whenever I read this, I was comforted by it, especially when I first was saved. Because I was like, oh, that's me, you know? Oh my gosh, that's me. And then it's like now eight years down the line as a believer, I'm like, it's not me anymore. <laughs> I'm going, to be, I'm going to be one of the, you know, I'm like at the end of the line. But going back to the story, but many who are first will be last and the last first. The thing that I always take away from this, and, and you know, maybe you have your, your own revelation, but something that God's always told me about this is that God's order is like totally opposite of the world's. It makes no sense. This first, I mean, if we, if we were to say, why don't you commit to doing something where if you're first, you're actually last. And if you're last, you'll be first. We'll be like, what? What do I, what, what do, I do? So there's a, there's, a, there's a faith that's needed to walk and follow God because you don't know where you end up. You don't know where you are. You don't know exactly how God's going to lead you. 
And it's a challenge for us to then not create our own plans and create our own walk with God. The only walking we can do with God is following. And we, I think you, you, we can all understand too that if you're trying to, you know, go for a jog without a 20 kg, you know, weight vest on, it's much easier, right? You can think better, you're not as tired, you're not as distracted. A lot of times like when we run, when we try to run the race with God, we start to really fixate on certain things and get distracted. And that release and letting go that God's challenging us to do, it's really for our own benefit. I think God also wants to share, it's like, it's not the sacrificial love, even that Jesus showed us on the cross, he's more focused on the love. The sacrifice was necessary because the love was so deep. There's, you know, those go hand in hand. And so even as we sacrifice for the Lord, even as we're asked to let go of things, whatever that may be, we can do that out of love and not out of spite, not out of, not out of you know, force or just command. We could respond to God and say, you know what, because I love you back and because I trust you, God, would you reveal to me the things that, that I need to let go? And so I think that's the word for this morning. So why don't we, why don't we bow our heads? go into a time of worship as well. Um, I let the Spirit speak to you this morning. What is it in your life that you're holding on to that you know distracts you, that consumes you, that takes over, you know, priority over all things? Is it your work? Is it your kids? Maybe it's your, your wealth or your possessions, your material things. What is it that holds you back from following God? How have you created plans and ways and, you know, how have you mapped things out in order to get the things that you want, that you think you need? The Lord is asking you, were those the plans I made for you? Because you've prayed for those things and you've said, thank you, Jesus, but I never gave you those plans. I never gave you that path. I never told you to go that way. But Jesus looks at us and he says, I love you. He's not here to condemn us, but he's here to give us a new hope. And so by letting go, as painful as that might be, letting go gives us a path to take a bigger leap of faith, to put more of our trust in God, and to understand that the race is hard. It's difficult. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. We want to think that all the time, you know, through God's grace, we'll just make it. And that maybe there's nothing we have to do. But God could have chose, I guess, any way to teach us about love. But love came through sacrifice. And so why should we think there's any other 
definition or way. That sacrifice allows for the deepest and richest and purest love to fill our hearts. And so by letting go, we create that space for him. And so as you guys just kind of, you know, process and meditate and think about maybe some of those things you need to release. I want you to think about something else. I want you to think about if you were to release those things, the time you spend on it, the amount of time you spend either working on it, thinking about it, planning for it, stressing over it, not sleeping over it. I want you to think about all the things that consume you with those things and imagine what it's like if all that's gone, that space in your mind, in your heart, in your day. Just imagine that. What would it really be like if you let go, if those things didn't exist? And now imagine filling that time with peace, with just worshiping God, with blessing others, knowing that you're doing the things that God has not only asked us to do, but that we would find enjoyment in it, that we would also be blessed by being able to bless others, that we would know that the path is difficult, but through sacrifice, through love, through continued grace and mercy that is poured on us, that we pour on others. If we were tired from doing that, if we knew at the end of the day we had done a good day's work, at the end, we would still be left with just us and Jesus. Because the doing in that sense doesn't matter. It doesn't lead us, it doesn't lead us, it doesn't gain us anything. It's just you hanging out with dad, your loving father. Receiving and giving and worshiping and praying and running the race and walking the race and carrying out the race that God predestined for us. And so hold on to that image of what that space could be for you. You know, for some of you, maybe that space is actually you needing to take care of other things that are a priority. Could be your health, could be your family. There could be many things that with that extra space, God is leading you and, and helping you and wanting you to, right? Step into where he is. And so without more space, without having the ability to move alongside God with, free, with freeness, with, with lightness, that gets super difficult, super tough. So God is telling us this morning, I know it's scary to let go. I know you think it's going to be like this crazy worst case scenario if you drop this but I'll never drop you. I'll always catch you. I'll always take care of you. And so be comforted by that. Spend some time as we respond in worship, just reflecting more. And then we'll go into a time of prayer.